This is Passport Two, People and Places, brought to you by Jules Verne, taking you around the world, sharing memories and introducing you to the people at the heart of everything we do. I'm Abby, and in this series, I'll be delving into past adventures, inside stories, future journeys, inspiring you to discover the wonders of the world. Hello listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Passport 2, People and Places, brought to you by Jules Verne. I am absolutely delighted today to be joined by Jules Verne's very own Millie, our office and culture manager. Hi Millie. Hi. This is a really exciting podcast for me because you have travelled to some amazing places, lived in some amazing places, and just in general just have traveled extensively so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. No it's really exciting for me to be here as well I can't wait thank you. So Millie tell me what is your relationship with travel? I'm presuming it's a very positive one. (laughs) Absolutely um Travel has always been quite a big part of my life. Um, As a child, I moved to Abu Dhabi when I was about 10. But before that, um, I'd only actually ever been to to the UK on holidays and to France. I'd been nowhere else. I'd seen nowhere else. And suddenly, age 10, my parents were like, right, we're off to Abu Dhabi. And I was like, what? (laughs) Where? Why? (laughs) I didn't want to leave my friends. Didn't want to leave my life, even though I lived in this sort of tiny little village, which, you know, in many ways, it was good that I left, <laughs> even though it was home. But I went from that to just this crazy, different lifestyle. Um, and I met so many different people. And it was that period of my life that kind of cemented travel as being such a big a big thing for me. Um, we were lucky enough to to go to so many cool places just because we were in closer proximity than if we'd been at home. So it just completely changed changed my life without, without sounding too cheesy. <laughs> no, I think t- travel does. Travel changes people and changes people's lives. And to have this amazing experience at age 10, to be mm. able to travel the world. Can you remember once you'd moved to Abu Dhabi, where was the first place you, you went from Abu Dhabi? As you said, you've only been to sort of France and the UK before. Yeah. Where was your first sort of culture shock destination? First culture shock destination was India. Which was, I mean, it was amazing. It's an assault on the senses, that's I exactly like to say. What I, that's exactly what I like to say. <laughs> but it's an amazing assault on the senses, isn't it? Yeah. I think for me, it was just really powerful to see children my own age in situations, obviously, the, the polar opposite to me. And I remember feeling quite embarrassed because at the time, my little sister, who is quite a bit younger than me, she was just a baby. And she was quite fat and healthy and just like a really lovely, chubby little kid, but children her own age, the, the, the difference was just so stark. And I think for my parents to introduce that to us so young was something that was so powerful and and so, yeah, just so moving that, yeah, that 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 in itself was just um, an amazing lesson. I think that 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 we learned and something that stuck with us. To see something different, isn't it? A different culture, but a yeah. different way of life, and you know, it kind of instills that value in that we're we can make a positive change and a mm-hmm. positive difference on so many people's lives through travel. Exactly, exactly, and it's true. I mean, as soon as you've travelled somewhere, 
you keep those memories with you forever and they do they do just become stories that that you'll talk about forever yeah and that's the thing we've said before travel does make you a storyteller doesn't it Mm. we come back with all these amazing experiences that we just have to share whether it be a dinner party or whether it be in a work scenario or whether it just be writing a personal blog like you just want to share yeah those stories with with everyone yeah exactly with all of your travel memories, is there a person that sort of sticks in your mind as the most memorable person you've met while you've been travelling? Or, you know, a group of people that you've met and you thought, oh, yeah, that's that's one of my favourite memories. When I moved to Egypt about 10 years ago for my year abroad, um, I met this amazing group of people that then became our very best friends. And one of the girls in particular, when we first met her, um, she invited us out to, to go out with her for the evening. Um, and she was like, right, I'm going to come and pick you up, seven o'clock, be ready. And I was like looking at my wardrobe being like, be ready. I mean, I'm just going to chuck on like my baggy pants and a really plain t-shirt, right? Like where could we, well, where could we possibly be going? We're in Egypt. We're yeah. in Egypt, you know, and I'd, I'd just arrived. I'd literally been there like three days. Um, car horns like blaring outside. She's like, get in the car. And as, as, as me and my, <laughs> my friend get in, she's like, what is that? What are you wearing? And I'm like, oh, well, um, <laughs> you know, ready to go, aren't we? And she's like, no, absolutely not. She was like, you're coming to mine to change. <laughs> she drove us to her apartment, made me like completely change my outfit into something a little bit more sort of... Party-ish? Party-ish, exactly. Okay. And I was like, I, look, I was looking at her clothes thinking, wow, like, I just had no idea that that wardrobe would, would be possible and and as, as well as kind of the, the places to go to wear them. Yeah. But we just had the most fun night and it really just changed my whole perception on, on life in Cairo and Egypt. Yeah, I think people don't necessarily realise that Egypt is a really cosmopolitan country, but Cairo itself is a, a really modern... Well, Cairo itself is a, a, a fusion of old and new, isn't it? You have some amazing restaurants, amazing bars, great nightlife, and then these thousand-year-old pyramids and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, living there was just one of the best years of my life. Um, I'll never, ever forget it. I thought the vibrancy of the city was just addictive. I thought the warmth of the people was just overwhelming. Um and then, yeah, the kind of the real social aspect combined with the really remote camping trips that you can do on the coast, just under the stars, no electricity. It was just, it, it, it was amazing. Gosh, yeah, I can just imagine it. It must be incredible. So you have sort of alluded to that moving to Abu Dhabi inspired you to travel. And then you've just mentioned that you lived in, in Egypt for a year. So what was it that sort of, lit that flame inside you where you went I'm going to travel and I'm going to travel on my own I think it's the the thought of being by myself in a new place challenging myself to understand the people and the culture and 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 to want to do that to want to just meet as many people as possible make as many friends as possible and the best way that you can do that is sort of just on your own um I really really have always enjoyed taking myself off to a new destination and and even basing myself there for a few months. I, after I lived in Egypt, I relocated to, to Jordan, Palestine and Lebanon by myself for a couple of months at a time, 
completely on my own, which looking back, I'm just, I'm so, I'm, I'm so happy I did that because again, I've just met the most amazing people and, um, and, and the Middle East has just become such a big part of, of my life as a result. So from your time living in the Middle East, it seems that it has a real special place in your heart. Um, but do you have any stories from your other travels or from the Middle East that sort of sit there as your top favourite memory from travelling? Hmm. Well, I guess most recently, I've just got back from quite a big trip in Mexico. Um, and one of my favourite, favourite things about the whole trip was that um, some friends and I went out swimming really early one morning with a local guide and we were just sort of in the water. We were hoping to see some dolphins um, and, and we were in the sea and suddenly the guide comes up to us and he said, girls, girls, get in the boat quickly now. So we, we, we climbed in and we sailed away from the shore and there was a whale in the distance. Wow. And I've never seen a whale before. Even talking about it now, it, it kind of gives me goosebumps. And so we sailed away, like quite calmly, away from the shore towards this whale. It was just the best thing I think I've I've ever seen. I was just transfixed. We were just sitting there as the sun was glistening over the sea, and I'll never ever forget it. And I actually sort of had tears in my eyes when I was sitting there. It was just so beautiful. And the guide was just in silence. We were all in silence, just just watching this whole this this whole scene. It was it, it was honestly so beautiful. Gosh, amazing. What an amazing memory. <laughs> plan your trips you've sort of said that you like to travel solo mm -hmm. so what do you do to ensure that you have the most memorable trips traveling as a solo person that's a good question I I really like reading blogs so I'm a big fan of finding out the best restaurants the best bars but also like the best trekking routes or the best little hostels or you know a little unknown guest house run by a little family I just I'm a big fan of doing a bit of research that way before I go abroad also um just becoming aware of which local guides are in the area um whether you sort of get to know them through people you're staying with in, in a hotel in a hostel through people you've met in a restaurant um I really love just getting to know the area through someone that lives there, especially if they're sort of someone who's even kind of close to your own age or someone who um, who really wants to get to know you as a person. It's always nice to create that that bond with your with your guide. It's always lovely, isn't it, when a guide takes interest in you and then they can sort of tailor your trip to things that you yeah. you you know you enjoy and you like to hear about and learn about. And I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? Having a guide is just it's just an asset that everybody should have. They mm -hmm. are, as people, people are the best brand ambassadors for their their own countries if they're passionate. And I think you don't go into guiding if you're not a passionate person no. about the, the place that you live in. And they're just they're just the most amazing insight into a country and its culture and its people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they help you take the best photos. <laughs> so let's face it, we all walk away with amazing memories, but we have to have the photos to back it up. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be here today in front of this waterfall if it wasn't for you. Exactly. You know, I wouldn't have that picture 
of that particular restaurant with my my gin, like just perfectly placed. Um, <laughs> okay, so is there one particular thing that you can't travel without when you go on these travels? Hmm, I would say without a doubt my headphones. Okay. So music is such a big part of my life and when I'm away I really find that the playlists or the songs or the mixes or the anything I'm listening to at that time becomes such a strong memory for that particular trip that when I then hear it back at a later date, say if I'm just on my commute to work, it really, really takes me back. And it, it's it's so powerful. And I've got so many instances like this where I know that if I'm sort of, if, if, if I want to be taken back to, to any of any of these amazing trips, I can just stick my headphones in and, and I'll and I'll and I'll be there. It's it's um yeah, headphones for me, number one. Um, so we haven't even touched on half or even a quarter of the places that you have travelled to. Um, do you know how many countries you've travelled to in total? Oh, I don't know, but I'd say definitely over 40. Wow. Um, but no, not don't have an exact number. And has that changed you, do you think, as a person visiting all of these different destinations and and tasting all of these different cultures and meeting these different people do you think that that has changed you definitely um I mean for a start it's made me like obsessed with food (laughs) traveling to so many different places you just get to you get so much more confident with with what you're eating and you know from insects to the smelliest fruit in the world to the sludgiest drink you'll ever see in a cup that kind of thing yeah but you'll just try it all. And that for me is like, is, is a very, very exciting part of travel. Do you think you're more adventurous with food? Because I know certainly I am. At, I'm at home. I'm not a very adventurous person. My my partner always says to me, try new foods. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, sitting with a guide in the Azores and eating something that's been cooked in the ground and brought out as a stew. And, and you just sit there and think, oh, I'm not sure that looks amazing. But actually, it tastes incredible and you absolutely love it. The fact that someone else is telling me to try something that's local to them and is a delicacy... I don't know, I just go along with it. So do you think you're more adventurous with food when you're travelling versus when you're back in the UK? It's it's funny, here at home, I sort of turn my nose up at mayonnaise, which I know is controversial. <laughs> but in a street market, anything goes, literally anything goes. doesn't matter what it looks like, what it smells like. You just, it, it's, it's just there on a plate and obviously you want to try it. Yeah. And the colours and the sounds and the smells, any, like, we, we are huge foodies at Jules Verne. We all are. And I think <laughs> I think I mentioned food every time on the podcast. But a food street market tour is one of my favourite things mm. because it's just that little sample of different foods and different yeah. flavours. And, 
yeah, I just I just love the noise of like the fryers going yeah. and the pans and the. <laughs> That's the best thing about a guided food tour. The guides are so great at kind of encouraging you into these places that are kind of real hole-in-the-wall type places. Yeah, like a speakeasy, but yeah. for food. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you end up just eating the most incredible things. And for a fraction of the price that you'd pay anywhere else. I mean, 35p for a big plate of chicken and rice. I mean, like, what is that? I know. And as well, there's some places um, like Singapore where some of the food vendors are Michelin star. So you can have a Michelin star meal in a food court. Yeah, I've seen that actually on Instagram. There's a really, really popular female chef at the moment that has, I think she just cooks like nonstop for 12 hours without a single pause because she's so popular. Yeah, it's incredible. Food just, food connects us, travel connects us, but traveling and eating I mean, the conversations that we have, especially on a group tour, I think, as well, the conversations you tend to have with other people are around a dinner table, yes. are around food. And I think people relax when they're eating food. And that's when the stories come out and the sharing, you know, at the end of the day, well, I went and did this today, mm -hmm. so you should try that tomorrow. And I remember being in Jordan and just all of these different breads and dips and just oh. eating. And oh, it was just incredible. And all talking about all the things that we'd done, like Wadi Ram and Petra and... Yeah. Hearing how someone else was moved with Petra by candlelight versus how somebody else thought that being under the stars in a Bedouin camp was the highlight of their holiday. So mm -hmm. I think food plays a huge part in travel. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Completely obsessed. It's like a driving factor for me to go abroad, genuinely. So you have travelled to over 40 countries. And the list is probably getting longer. What's next on the bucket list? So a trip that... I really, really want to make at some point is a trip to Japan. I'm fascinated by by Japan. I think, I think, I think it just sounds it sounds beautiful. The, the 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 culture, the food. I want to see the cherry blossom. I Everybody want wants to see the cherry blossom. I know. Yeah. I just I just want to see it, and, and I know I've seen a million pictures of it, but I just need to be there and see it. Um, the mountains, the beaches look incredible. Yeah. I didn't even know a few years ago that you could, sounds ridiculous, but I didn't know that there were sort of proper beaches in Japan or surfing, yeah. but there is. And I'm like, wow. So yeah, Japan's always been super high on my list. Um, and the bullet train? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, all of it. Gotta be done. Gotta be done, gotta be done. Somewhere that I want to go a bit more locally before before Japan happens, um, is Porto. Oh, one of my favourite places. Really? A anything oh anything to do with a, a town or a city by water mm -hmm. attracts me there. But mm -hmm. Porto is something incredibly special. Yeah, apparently it's just incredible. And I've, I've been to Lisbon, done that, loved it. But Porto is meant to be just... The icing on the cake, I think, and yeah, I'm just, I'm desperate to go. So that's definitely somewhere next on my list. Oh, you will, you will love Porto. Porto has got such a rich history mm. and amazing for port, obviously, <laughs> but also a lot of food, a lot of culture. Um, I mean, yeah, you would love Porto. We'll get you there next, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so you're going to travel to Porto next. That's where we're going to get you. 
Who would be your ideal travel companion? It can be a celebrity, non-celebrity, past, present, future. Who do you want to travel with the most? Can I say myself? Yes. (laughs) I'm such a big fan of a solo trip. And having done a couple over the last few years, most recently quite, quite a big one before I started at Jules Verne, I just think that the solo trip cannot be rated highly enough. I think it teaches you so many things. It's it's just, for me, I almost feel now if I was ever to do a big trip, I almost just, it, it has to be on your own. It's, it's honestly, I know that it can be a bit nerve wracking, the thought of it, um, but I think almost that's a reason to do it personally. So yeah, if I can say myself, I'm going to, Abby. <laughs> Definitely, say yourself, I love it, I love it. In fact, my first ever solo trip was to Croatia. Um, and what has been really nice is that recently I went with Jules Verne um, on a group trip. And it was so nice to see both sides of the country from both different angles. So obviously the first trip, I planned everything myself. I went by myself um, versus just a couple of weeks ago with the most amazing guides and the most amazing people um, sharing our experiences together. And I still keep in touch with the friends that I met on the cruise now. It's so lovely. So um, Croatia will always hold a bit of a special place in my heart for that. So I'm going to ask you this question, and I, I might know the answer, but sometimes people do surprise me. But I ask everybody on the podcast, where in the world has captured your heart the most and why? It's a very good question. Um, I'd say Colombia. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Okay, Colombia. Tell me why. I went to Colombia a couple of months ago for the first time and I didn't really know what to expect when I got there. Um, It's such a cool place. It's almost... I can't even really put it into words. I almost feel like you've got to go to fully understand it and see it for yourself. But I left Colombia just with this huge sense of just needing to go back and needing to see more. It's such a big country, but if I feel like it kind of gives you life when you're there. And and so many places in the world have that effect on you, but, but, but Colombia, there's just something really special about it. It's an amazing, des- a very vibrant destination. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Colombia just has a way of sucking you in, I would say. Um, there's something so great about watching the sun go down on the beach, but all the side streets are full of people, full of laughter, full of noise. Um, but then you look to the other side and you're just watching the sunset with a cocktail and everything just feels like it's falling into place. What a wonderful way to end the podcast. Millie, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciated talking to you today and spending some time with you. And uh, I'm sure we'll carry on this conversation further. (laughs) Thank you so much, Abby. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of Passport 2, People and Places. Look out for our next episode, where we'll be talking to more guests about the people and places that have inspired them the most. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please do get in touch. Thanks for listening.